when the Doctor and Joe discover a Dalek army on the planet Spiridon, they must join forces with a Thal group to find out what the Daleks are up to and a way to defeat them. But there is just one small problem. They may well be invisible. This is the planet of the Daleks. Welcome to Regenerated. Entering the TARDIS, the doctor fell into a deep coma. His respiration was very shallow, his skin icy to the touch. I could find no trace of pulse or heartbeat, and his breathing had apparently ceased. But I've seen the doctor in this condition once before, and he recovered after a sudden rise in temperature. The TARDIS seems to have landed. I suppose the Time Lords are working it by remote control again. I've no idea what the doctor said to him in his message where we are. I just... I just hope that they've... they've brought us somewhere where I can find some help for the Doctor. Hello everyone and welcome back to Regenerated. My name is Matt. I'm joined, as always, by my wonderful wife, Becky. How's the cold? There. Yes, unfortunately last week we didn't have an episode because Becky had the dreaded cold again. Um, yeah. <laughs> Lovely children, bringing it home from school, as per usual. Unfortunately, it's that time of the year when we'll get coughs and colds. I don't know how you say we get coughs and colds. Well, Two of the kids have had it. I've had it. And I You've, avoided it. And Yeah, you avoided it, like always. Yeah, I'm the one who always ends up with it. Mm. And it's kind of like, great, fantastic. Oh, well, that's just one of them Although, things, I'm afraid. You're more prone think... to coughs and colds. Well, no, it's just apparently what my mum always said is if you're sort of feeling down and stressed, your immune system responds to that. Mm. So apparently, you know, so I might just have took advantage. Yes. But, um, yeah, I think that chilli might have kicked us butt a bit last night. Yes, well, we're back this week. Very nice spicy chilli. A lot so, of garlic. Yeah. A lot back. of spice. And I haven't been so phlegmy today as what I was yesterday, so I think I might have done the trick. Mm, yes well like i said we're back this week uh, for planet of the daleks but before we get into that i think it's time to sort of discuss a little bit about the future of this podcast um it's now coming up to christmas so i've been thinking that maybe it's time to have a little bit of a break not for too long but like a nice little reset button because we're now coming up to this is our 69th episode next week's the green death is the last episode of the season. 
And also we say goodbye to Joe. Spoiler alert. We say goodbye to Joe. And it'll be number 70. And I think it's a nice time to have a little bit of pause and just say that's kind of like a very long, but uh, season one done of the podcast. Have a little bit of a break and then sort of reinvent it a little bit um, and come back. I think it's, and for like, say, it will be, for my th- my feeling is um, that we'll have a break for the whole of December. So we'll have the whole of Christmas off. Uh, and come back in the new year fresh and try and think of new things to do to reinvent the podcast i want to have a look at the the actual merchandise situation because to be fair it doesn't it's not really looked at it's not really revamped it's not updated very often so i think you know it's a good time to sort of take a little bit of time away from the podcast to recharge it to redo all the merchandise well, I think the social and medias... And the Patreon, yes, and stuff like that. The social medias definitely need a revamp because, you know, not a lot gets put on them, mm. yes, as it... far as I'm aware. Not that I ever check them, but... Yeah, well... you know, I don't know them. I, well, I've said it previously. I more update the Twitter than I do the Facebook. I should really do both. Um, well, not a lot change of people... In the new year. Uh, yeah, but that's like I've said to you before. Not a lot of people have Twitter. Like... I've so I'm 32 and I've never had Twitter. I don't see the point in Twitter. At the end of the day, I've got Facebook. The only reason I've got Facebook is because of family members that live mm. abroad. Otherwise, I probably won't bother with that either. Oh, and the fact that I do body shop. But yeah, so I just think the uh, the podcast needs a bit of TLC uh, to bring it to the next sort of level, as it were. And I think a yeah. bit of a break, I think, is what we need to do. It. I think also, like I say, mentally physically it's it's okay doing them one a week uh, but it can get a bit taxing especially to fit it in at times i think we also need to sort of come up with the sort of say the schedule to sort of watch doctor who and record it like say on the day that we can do it so that well we used I'm to thinking, i'm thinking you know um, we used to we used to do it in one day yeah i think what we'll do is we'll probably say i'm probably watch doctor who and record on a sunday and then it's released on a sunday so it's got a whole week then to edit it and to get it sort of polished up a bit more cleaner yeah, than um, what it is you now know full well it won't be a weekend because we can never get through watching on a weekend with well, the kids we, we'll see see this is the problem we have you know we we have to fit it in uh with the schedule well and get i it out always there. thought that you know with you being off mostly wednesdays or you know which is one of the main days you're off that we would do it on that, and then yeah, not not being funny, you know. Uh, all due respect, we don't actually get paid to do this podcast. We do it because we want to do it, so we're not under any obligations. That's the trouble with Anchor, the the website that I distribute it on. That in the UK we don't get sponsorship or anything like that. If we were in America, we would, so we could get a little bit of back from it, you know. And like I say, I'm not under no disillusions. I basically say the patreon and the the merchandise store is there and don't force people to go and they don't it's it's fine you know we like say i just think that at the minute i kind of need a break and i need to think of how to jazz the the podcast up a little bit more yeah make it a little bit more funner and that you know i got rid of the plot because you know going through every single minute of every single episode it's repetitive and boring i love the more discussion element of the the best bits or the worst bits or the funny bits and i like doing that more than i do going through every single bit the only trouble with that is it is a little bit over the place and everywhere like you would talk about episode one four two six you know it can be a bit erratic but it's just the way it is you know it's just 
Well, when, the way I you... look at it is you're not specifically talking about one episode one or episode four. You're talking about it as a serial. You're well, not yeah, I do like to talk about it as, as a episode. serial. That's, that is the best way to discuss, I think, like a six-parter. Definitely a, a six-parter. It's more of, like, say, the story than it is the actual episodes. Um, and, you know, when it's a spontaneous podcast, which this is, and we don't really go into it with much pre-planned, well, you're going to have don't. it jump <laughs> around. You're going to have it jump around a bit more. But So that's just uh, where I kind of my head is at. And I think, you know, you know, I I have parents that live in Spain. They're over now for Christmas. So we want to spend some time with them, you know, and trying to fit in a podcast around other people at this minute is a bit difficult. So I think... And the millions of things to sort out in the house and before the Christmas tree and everything goes up and Christmas shopping mm, yep. and getting everything sorted pre-Christmas with only five weeks left. Yeah, so it's not long. <laughs> you know, a bit daunting because normally I'd have been close to finishing Christmas shopping by now, nowhere near, and it's very daunting, very mm. stressful, and I don't like it. I like Christmas shopping where I can, in- and this time of year where I can actually enjoy it yeah. and enjoy the Christmas shop and enjoy getting into the Christmas spirit. Mm. But at the moment, everything feels so pressured because I'm nowhere near where I'd want to be with the Christmas shopping. Mm, yes, yeah. That's just that time of the year. Yeah. It's very stressful and can be very hard to fit things in. And that's why I think it's time to have a little bit of a break. So this episode, obviously, as you're listening to it, this episode is, is going out. And then next week's The Green Death. Well, all right. By the, by the time this goes out, then it'll be less than five weeks till christmas mm. so yeah next week's the green death will be the last one for at least until the new year uh where we can like revamp and revitalize the podcast and then go for a uh, season two 70 episodes is a bit of a long season but you know it is what it is i would have preferred personally i would have preferred to just done john pertwee get through him and then start tom baker afresh as like the next sort of chapter of the podcast but it's just the way it's fallen. We're we're going into his last season, like and season two of our podcast. It's just the way it is. Um, but there's only five five episodes, and we'll be in Tom Baker. So you know it is coming. So anyway, that's uh, what's going to be happening in the future. But let's talk about the present, which is the planet or planet of the Daleks. Seventh of April to the twelfth of May, seventy three. Six episodes. This one was written by the returning Mr. Daleks, Terry Nation, who has done the Daleks, the Keys of Marinus, the Daleks' Invasion of Earth, the Chase, Mission to the Unknown, uh, the Daleks' Master Plan, episodes 1 to 5 and 7, and then a very massive gap. No Terry Nation until now with the planet of the Daleks. So well, it's a bit maybe, because he, he's had a bit of a few hit and misses. Maybe he's trying to make sure that they're actually right. Mm, yes. You know, that, that's the trouble with Dalek stories. They can become a bit samey. Monotonous. Um, but we'll get onto that in a minute anyway. And this one was directed... Although, when it says, being the title, saying Planet of the Daleks, mm. I thought, oh, it's going to be on Scarrow. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. No, it was a completely different planet. But we'll we'll get into that in a minute. Just let me go for the director, David Maloney. Uh, who did The Mind Robber, The Crotons, The War Games, Frontier in Space. The Crotons! Uh, and, yep, and Planet of the Daleks. So, what did you think of Planet of the Daleks? What were your initial reactions to this? We haven't seen the Daleks for not too, it's not too long. It was the 
the cereal that left a sour taste in my the mouth a little bit was Day of the Daleks. Is they're all black. Well, they're grey. Apart from, well, a, a sort of charcoal colour. It's a grey. It's a charcoal grey, I will say, because you know how they say charcoal is a black, but then you have, like, a charcoal that's sort of like a dark grey. That's kind of, you know, what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. But then you get the Supreme Dalek, which is bright blooming yellow. Well, he was black and yellow. Or it gold. It was still yellow. Maybe? Gold. Yellow. Wow. Anyway, let me just quickly go through what happened. It was yellow, and the little domey eye things that you'd expect on a Dalek, because of all the other domes all over them, you know, were kind of expected. But then with the yellow Dalek, it looked like it had two salt shakers stuck on. He's supreme. He has to look different. Didn't belong there. Well, it just supreme. didn't look like Dalek eyes. It looked like someone had basically done a dodgy prosthetic. But they're not eyes. That's the thing. The actual eye is the centre. Yeah, I know, stalk. I know, I know. But, but you know, that's like the flashy light bulbs mm. thing. You know, they well, kind of look. We'll get weird. on to uh, the look of the Dalek in a minute. Let me just uh, say that this is a continual story from the Frontier in Space. As we can remember, it was the Master shot the gun at the Doctor. It sort of scraped the side of him or something it basically made him a bit like uh basically wounded he was sort of uh gravely wounded is what the um the sort of plot says on the wiki uh joe helps him into the tardis where he initiates the controls and then he sends a message to the time lord and that's where we kind of pick it up is uh, from that bit where he basically like says in trouble he has to sort of not regenerate but he sort of has to sort of rejuvenate himself by lying down and going slowing his body temperature uh, his heart rate down and his body temperature goes down so that's where we kind of pick it up and obviously then they go to the planet which is Spiridon where there is a Dalek army as long as you don't start singing Vanilla Ice we're alright well no 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 they go to Spiridon where there's a Dalek army that's basically doing what all Daleks want to do which is take over the universe and there's a little uh, little group of Thals as well who are there to sort of help the Doctor try to defeat them. And then there is, uh, Spir- is it Spirid- well, Sp- I thought they're Spiridons. A bit original, if it is. Spiridons that are invisible and the Daleks are trying to get the secret to invisibility oh, apart to from help the them. fact that they're not invisible when they wear a big fur thing. Big furry coat, yes. That makes them look like one of the abominable snowmen. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's because I've watched the. It just reminds me, and I don't know why, because I haven't seen it for a little while, so I might be completely wrong. But the Doctor Who movies that you haven't seen yet with the Peter Cushion, which I think we will do a special on at some point. We will watch them, uh, and then do a podcast on them as a little special. I think. Uh, it reminds me of that. I swear there, there's something to do with that in that. I don't know why. I'm just. Maybe I'm getting completely muddled up, but that just kind of reminds me of that. Um, but yeah, so that's basically the story in a nutshell. So the Dalek look, as I expect you were saying, grey Daleks. I actually like that look. It is, um, to me, that's the classic Dalek look. It reminds me of Genesis because they're grey in Genesis as the like the first Daleks. It's, you know, when you say it's black and white, it's, you know, it, colours are relevant. But no, say from the Peter Cushion movies, they are sort of like red 
there's like red ones black ones yellow ones blue ones there's like different different colors but i think they look so much better when they're uniform and they're a gray they look they look more menacing when they're just like not all the colors of the rainbow yeah i know what you mean it's like in monuhu you got like dark blue red orange i think yellow Stupid mm. colours. Yeah, so... Like, white, a white one with black dots. Like Becky says, it's a bit of a surprise that we're not on Scarrow, being as it is Planet of the Daleks. You would think that that is where we would be, but no, we're on a completely different uh, planet. <sighs> the set, I've got to say, of the planet is really, really good. It was kind of like a jungle-type thing. And this is what we'll see, I think, going forward with the BBC's production of Jungle Worlds, is they're really, really good at doing them. There's a few that are coming up where it's literally, you know, they can, uh, except for the floor, because the floor, it's it's a concrete floor of a studio set. You can see that. Um, apart from that, you know, they do literally put all the foliage in. Uh, there's like plants and trees and everything, and they sort of wheel them all in, and it does really... What's with the spitty plants? Well, it's just different kind of plants, isn't it? You I think got, I you got to have, myself. You've got to have alien plants in an alien world, haven't you? I think my phlegm's coming back. Oh, well. Try not to hack up all over the podcast. Don't think the listeners' ears would no, appreciate No, it just that. makes me sound very nasally. Oh, well. Like I said, I think we said in previous um, previous podcasts, it would be your Phoebe Buffet voice. Yeah, probably. Mm. I, have, I have a very well, weird voice when I have a cold. Well, at the end of the day, the, the, the spitty plants, as you say, they sort of come into play a little bit because they're kind of... Um, Venom, I suppose you want to call it, is obviously toxic, and Joe does actually get it at one point. Doesn't really come of anything. She's just a little bit sort of. It's like a weird. It's like a weird bit where she sort of she has to go off into the jungle to try and get the doctor some help, being as he's in a coma. She stumbles a- across the Thal ship, where she goes inside, and then she's obviously got this sort of venom toxin all over her arm. It's like one bit where she sort of comes out of the I ship, only to stumble back into the ship, and it's kind of like why. Why leave the ship just to go back in? It's I thought it was strange. a fungus. Well, maybe it is a fungus, but it's quite, it's, it's still toxic, isn't it? Yes. So, you know. Uh, tomato, tomato. There is um, a lot more Daleks in this one than I think we've previously seen. Especially, uh, I think it was uh, is it Evil the Daleks. No, it's Power the Daleks, I think it is. With the cardboard cutouts that they used. They didn't need no cardboard cutouts here. No, they just used loads and loads of Dalek models instead. That's another thing I thought. <laughs> they look like tiny, dodgy, die-cast models. Yeah, yeah. And the model shots are quite good in this one, though. They did the models to a good effect. Obviously, nowadays, they'd be brilliant and, you know, you can suspend the disbelief a lot more. models are good the- these days. The only thing I didn't think looked really, really good was when, at the very end... Uh, when the doctors actually having to detonate the stru- uh, the sort of the cave wall so that the liquid ice that's surrounding their sort of chamber comes flooding in, it's kind of you can see it's like loads and loads of like coloured water, mm. and I know ice is water, but this is where the scale doesn't really work. You can tell it's somebody turning on a tap or a bucket or something, whereas it doesn't really work on the grand scale of it. And that's the that's the only problem I get with like model shots mm. back then is like the scales are slightly off because you can tell it's a small miniature mm. compared to like if it was a big 
big sort of studio set, you know. Uh, obviously, nowadays, you can suspend your disbelief, and these special effects would look brilliant nowadays. And in the new Who, they do look brilliant, you know, because they can CGI everything. But, you know, back in the 70s, not really blockbuster-type budget, so they can't really do sort of, at the time, Star Wars-type effects, you know. And we're kind of left with this sort of classic um budgeted sort of look but it's got a sort of charm to it yeah. i find and in this one they definitely had a little bit of charm to it uh john pertwee i always like to say about the outfit uh john pertwee was really cool in this one the outfit's really really nice um i'm not sure if i can got the picture um of what color it was oh it was a nice little purple suede coat or jacket, smoking jacket yeah. again. It's very it nice. It wasn't suede, it was velvet. But I never saw the change. I, I was thinking it as I was watching it, and I was going to go back. I'm guessing it's... He lays down on the bed in the green outfit from the last serial, and then when he goes off to try and find Joe, when he sort of regained his faculties a little bit, and he sort of healed himself mm. a little bit, I'm guessing he changes there. But surely your first priority would be my assistant. You wouldn't yeah. go and get yourself changed. Um, Joe also has a change of outfit as well, but she does it in the. They do it in a more clever way, I think, with Joe because while she's tending to the Doctor and the TARDIS, she then goes off to change while he's sort of asleep. So that's kind of you would think that that's um. It's a bit that, weird. That's when they would do it. Uh, far like say Fal's return. Uh, it seems that if you're uh, a blonde, you're a Thal. You never get any dark-haired Thals. Or mm. red-headed files. They're all blonde. A bit Aryan, then. Yeah, well, that's it, yes. Uh, and th- there's a little bit of a... And it's in Mark Campbell's episode guide a little bit. Is There is a little bit of a sort of recycling, I find, in this serial of the Daleks. There's a few little bits that I've sort of taken out of the Daleks serial and placed into this one especially with one of the Thals getting inside the Dalek to, to obviously escort them around the base at one point. Um, you know, that's kind of, to me, that's recycled from the Daleks. Yeah. But I think as Dalek stories go, uh, this is one of the better ones that we've seen recently. I didn't really like Day of the Daleks. I felt that they were very confined with that story because... It was trapped on Earth. They couldn't go to, like they have in this one, a planet. And, you know, couldn't have an army. They only had a few Daleks. The budget wasn't really there to have multiple Daleks, whereas they had, I think it was, I think it was seven Daleks, I think they had in this one. I kind of counted. Um, probably eight, if you count the Supreme Dalek at one point. So they had quite a few. Also, the thing I liked about the Daleks with the voice. Yeah. It's, it's got more of that monochrome voice now that we kind of know of the Daleks. Whereas I think previously in the serials before, they've kind of put that effect on the voice, um, but it hasn't been as sort of punchy as what it has here. And that could be to do with the actor who's actually supplying the voice. Maybe they haven't got sort of that harsh voice that you kind of need to be a Dalek. Yeah, it sounds a bit too croaky to me. Mm. But, you know, it is what it is. So normally you've got to be quite sort of stern. Yeah. So yeah, I I overall I did really like this one uh, a lot more than Day of the Daleks, and I think this is one of the better Doctor Who serials I think I've seen 
um, this season. Um, at the end, I will sort of go through what we've seen and uh, where I think this one sits in the sort of running. For what it was, it was a basic Dalek story, but it actually worked to full effect. And also the six-episode format, I found, wasn't a hindrance as I find it normally is. It actually was really quite good. Uh, one of the plot points that I didn't think kind of worked too well was the shaft with yeah. uh, the paper tarp, or the plastic tarp, and yeah, four-corner strings. Never happen. That would never happen. How thin those ropes were, if that would have caught enough esteem to actually rise one it would probably not carry four people and two not on them small little ropes either yeah basically for the context of the story the dalek uh, the doctor sorry the doctor and a few of the thals end up trapped in this sort of refrigerated um, room where the doctor decides to reverse the polarities once again and change uh, increase the temperature i think in the room so that there's an updraft they get this plastic tarp where they tie a rope to four corners and they basically use it to lift them through this like long shaft so they can escape from the daleks it's it's in practice and in principle it's quite a good idea i suppose it's a good way of getting the doctor into a uh, an escape situation i think yeah reality it probably wouldn't work uh that the, the plastic tarp wouldn't be that rigid enough to support four people um on an updraft so from that point of view i don't feel it kind of works but you know it serves a purpose um to get the doctor and the thals out of the room uh there's a nice little plot point i thought was quite uh clever from mr nation is the stones oh what's it called the plane of stones i think it is i can't remember what it's called um, let me have a look uh, so that I'm not misquoting my own self. It was, um, uh, da, 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 what is it called? Yeah, it is the Plane of Stones, uh, where they basically absorb the heat over the course of the day. Then at night, they radiate this heat. So you, yeah, they need to go there to keep If they say they warm. radiate the heat, why were they so cold when they were there? Well, they still needed a little bit of a fire to keep them warm, didn't they? But... I think it kind of keeps the heat in, maybe. Uh, but the trouble is, is that all the other creatures on the planet, or I wouldn't thought all the creatures, but the majority of the creatures in the area, they then congregate around these stones as well, because obviously it's the only source of heat on the planet. And that's, that's a good, interesting plot point. I thought it was very clever. Uh, and it showed, you know, like say, creativity, I thought, as well. But obviously, then the Doctor's put in a, another situation where he has to sort of defend against all these unseen creatures so at the very end of the episode we do get a very hinting hinting of a tease for joe where yeah. one of the thals says i would like to take joe to scarrow and there's that little hint they've done this a couple of times with other companions where they've asked them to stay some have said yes some have said no this time joe decides to say no because she wants to go home to her planet of Earth. Obviously, you know, like I say, I said at the beginning end of the uh, podcast, spoiler alert, Joe leaves next week. She is now going to leave us. Um, this serial for Joe, it's a bit of a difficult one for me because she was kind of put in more of a vulnerable situation more with the, like the, the, uh, the fungus slash toxin. She's shown vulnerability there. She's more of a hindrance at that point than she is actually an assistant. 
she does help a little bit, I suppose, to help the Doctor. But for the most part, it's the Doctor and the Thals that are kind of the ones that are uh, defeating the Daleks in this one. Joe's kind of a tag along. She is an assistant, definitely, in this one. Um, nice that they're still sticking with the assistant word and not companion. Because normally they do call them companions. Uh, the Thals actually turn around and say, your assistant. So it's nice that they're, they're referring to her as a sort of an equal, in a way, to the Doctor. Yeah, I know what you mean. So, yeah. So, in the end, like I said, this one I actually quite liked. And this is the kind of uh, John Pertwee serials the I remember. The thing is, though, is kind of when she says that she's not going to go, you kind of get a thing of, well, m- maybe she might go because Susan did. Yeah, but and also you know. also what you remember is that Joe's been with the Doctor quite a long while now. So it wouldn't be. But I guess when, Su- when Susan did it, she didn't really belong sort of anywhere. Mm. Whereas with Joe, she kind of has a life already. Yeah, she, like I said, she wants to go home. She's more of a home person. And the thing with Susan is Susan was, for the most part, as we can tell, a Time Lord. Yeah, she loved to travel. And, and yeah, she, she didn't really. Obviously, you know, uh, Gallifrey, as we come to learn, the Doctor's home world, you know, that's her her home. But at the context at the time, they were kind of renegade. So she didn't really have a place or a home. Yeah. It'll make me, it'll make, it'll be very interesting to know in the future if they don't bring Susan back in some sort of capacity as a regenerated Susan. Because she's a Time Lord. <sighs> You know? well, that's the thing with the Doctor. It's always been the last of the Time Lords, last of the Time Lords. But then, if Susan is his granddaughter, then surely she should be a Time Lord as well. So technically, you know, why haven't they basically revisited that? Because like in New Who, they've revisited K Nine, they've revisited Sarah Jane, and things like that. So why not? And the amount of times they revisited Rose Tyler, mm. how you know why couldn't they do that? You know? Yeah, it's a bit strange one that that they haven't really ever revisited Susan. Um or Barbara or Ian, you know. Yeah, it is a bit, but maybe it's because, you know, the the actors are no longer with us, you know, and they can't really do it unless you know it's a little bit easier to do sort of things. I'm not necessarily saying new here, I'm just saying, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you could easily have them pop up in an old people, so but you know, have them visit or something. I think they know? have done a little bit about Susan in the in the novels. I think they have done or audio books. I think there's some um, throwbacks to Susan, or there's like a we find out more about Susan. Or well, at least go visit. Mm. You know, it's like Christ's sake. You know. Yeah. I was yeah. Like, I ain't I ain't seen you know. Yeah, you know, I ain't seen my nanny in over a month. Mm. But to be honest, I'm dying to see her. So the fact of, you know, he can just let his granddaughter go off into the future. Yeah. You know, and then not go visit. It's a bit of a dick move, really, Mm. isn't it? Also, at the very end, they don't destroy the Daleks. They only freeze them. So obviously they're going to come back and they do come (laughs) back. Yeah. Uh, they do come back, you know, in the next season uh, with Death of the Daleks. So, in the end, you know, like I say, it's a nice little serial. What did you think of the serial, Becky? I thought it was all right. I think we're sort of 
going from the crappy Dalek stories into sort of toward a peak now. So, you know, we're sort of hitting it for when we get to the peak of sort of Tom Baker times. Yeah, I think going in, you know, definitely feel as if the serials are getting slightly better now. They have had a few that have been a bit lax and not Mm -hmm. that great. Um, And I feel now, you know, I like the Green Death. The Green Death's a good one. Is how it is, crap. Well, yes. Um, And next season, there's there's a few good ones. Um, coming as well that I know of and then obviously then we're going to Tom Baker so it's not very long until we get into Tom Baker. So if we're going to have a break over December does this mean I get to sing Christmas carols next time? No because it'll be the new year. It'll be too late. I mean next week. Well if you want to for for the listeners but it'll be a bit earlier it's not going out literally a month before christmas so yeah but you're not doing any near christmas so i can't sing christmas carols well i don't know i don't know maybe maybe we could do a uh, special christmas one Mm. where maybe like i said earlier on that i might i might be have had too much wine to do that so like i said we've got to watch the uh, (laughs) the doctor the doctor who movies with peter cushion so maybe we could do them for christmas and that'd be a little bit of a bit of a special for the for the listeners and then you can get your your christmas carols in so right okay maybe we'll might need a, yeah, might need we'll alcohol for that so in the poll this one was kind of fairly average to be honest this was 123rd in the vote uh, in the poll um i think mark campbell if we go to mark campbell's verdict it's a little bit more favorable uh a believable jungle setting and ambitious, if original, ideas make this live-action comic strip romp, breeze along in fine style at 8 out of 10. And I think he's probably got it right, to be honest, an 8 out of 10. And it is a nice little st- serial that does actually flow, I found. It's got enough of... It's got enough content in it to not make you constantly look at your watch, thinking, oh, is it going to end yet? Um I think there's been a few serials recently where we've been looking at the, the sort of episode count going, oh, we're only episode three. And it's been a bit of a struggle, you know. But this one I found flowed really nicely. Episodes went into each other. And also another thing that was very interesting I found this one is the cliffhangers. Normally it's the cliffhangers are the Doctor's in danger or Joe's in danger. And that's normally the cliffhanger. This time we had Thal's in danger without the Doctor even being in the scene. And that was the cliffhanger. So that's a very nice, interesting thing as well. That's that, that, To me, there's a few bits that are now coming through in Doctor Who that sort of um, give me a sense of change. There's a lot more scenes of uh, people without the Doctor in them, people without uh, the uh, Joe in them, you know, and there's a lot more, like I said, the cliffhangers are different. So there's a lot more um, individuality now with it and not just centred around the Doctor. It's more of an ensemble serial now than yeah. it is, say, just the Doctor and Joe get into trouble, the Doctor and Joe get captured, the Doctor and Joe are threatened, and that's, you know, that's basically, you know, it. Um, but, yeah, like I say, I quite like this one. You know, it's it's what I've been waiting for in a Dalek story. Um, also, you had a little bit more of a threat as well with the da- uh, with the Daleks because this they can um, in this one they can semi go invisible, which is probably like the ultimate ultimate Dalek Dalek machine, really, isn't it? An well, invisible apart Dalek. Apart from when you get to sort of when they can fly, 
Yeah, they can in later serial serials go up and downstairs by hovering. I can go up and downstairs by hovering, but you know. But yeah, I think an invisible forever to do so. An invisible Dalek is probably more of a threat than one that can go up and downstairs. To be fair. Yeah, but it won't be invisible when it shoots. Mm. Wow. So. Because if it's invisible completely, does it still mean it's like if a gun's invisible, are the bullets invisible? Well, I don't know. Is the spark that comes out of the gun invisible? Depends. It depends if the invisibility is like a shield around the Dalek, so that when the actual like when they actually fire, the laser goes out of the shield, so then it becomes visible. So you don't know, do you? Well, you'd soon see that. Mm, yes. <laughs> but, yeah. Then be dead. <laughs> anyway, so let's say uh, in conclusion, uh, I think we're both in agreement. This series was actually really, really good. Uh, let us know what you think of it um, on the social medias on Twitter, Facebook, um, Instagram, all that sort of stuff. Uh, they'll be all in the description. Again, this is a nice little short um, episode. You know, I think, like I said, the. 35 to 40 minute format. I know what nice. you should do. Maybe you should basically get a couple of the hoodies and you might have to model them and then we can put some photos on Facebook and Instagram. That's it, you know. That, well, eventually we will get them. I keep saying that, but maybe more room. They're, we're closer to getting them now than what we in. Like I said, I've got to look at the designs, see what I can do. You know, uh, obviously with Doctor Who, it's a licensed product. You know, it's it's copyrighted in some form. So, you know, that's a little bit difficult to then pass off images and sell them because it's just not, you know, feasible. But the regenerated, you know, icon or whatever you want to call it is actually hand-drawn. It's hand-drawn by me and then repainted on uh, Photoshop. So it's an original artistic impression. Um, so, you know, I can use that. Um, as the sort of cover, cover. I art. do like uh, the hoodies that we do, but the only problem is, is I've still yet to order one. Mm, yes, well, I still need one. Well, we'll have to see. I like I said, I'm going to go away with a uh, a brainstorming session and see what I'll we can do. I'll model them for you if you want me to. Mm, well, we'll have to see. We'll have to get them first. But all I'm saying is, you know. And right. I'm not. I don't. I'm not saying that in a weird way. Right. Just saying it in, as in. Yeah, but you have to as well, mm. because at the end of the day, we'll see what we can it's sort like out. the female ones, men's ones. You know. Well, we'll you can see even what get we the can dog do. one. We'll see what we can do, Becky. We'll see, we've got the Instagram and we've got a lovely Twitter dog and everything like that. Um, like I say, with the sort of break and that, there'll be a little bit of a revamp as well. So. Uh, We'll see what we can do. How, like I say, how we can revitalize the the podcast to make it uh, even more fun than what it is now. So we'll have to see what we can do. Um, like I say, let us know in the comments. And uh, as long as it don't entail Doctor Who trivial pursuit, because you suck. No, we're not going to do anything like that. <laughs> no, no, no. This is audio only, not visual. Yeah, you can still do Trivial Pursuit audio. Mm, well, who knows? But anyway. It's not like I said Doctor Who Twister. No, no, okay. Uh, anyway. And then you just hear, hear you falling on the floor. So, you know, on that note, I think that we'll uh, 
call it a day with the podcast. So next week's the Green Death and Joe's last appearance as the assistant to the Doctor. And I think really it's the beginning of the end for John Pertwee as well, especially with uh, Roger Delgado passing away and Joe leaving or Katie Manning leaving. I think it's kind of now signaling the end of uh, John Pertwee as a Doctor. So we're getting into the sort of last hurrah. So until that one, thank you for listening and we'll catch you next week just before our Christmas break with the Green Death. So I'll say goodbye and say goodbye, Maggie. Goodbye. Goodbye. 